Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Interesting developments are happening in the political landscape of Europe, Abby. Georgia Maloney, Italy's first female premier, and Rishi Sunak, Britain's wealthiest prime minister, are finding common ground despite their drastically different backgrounds. What's your take on this? Well, Michael, it's fascinating to see this partnership evolve. Both leaders have taken a hardline approach towards immigration, which has sometimes pushed the boundaries of legality. This shared perspective seems to be a key factor in their burgeoning relationship. They're not just sharing policy ideas, but also personal chemistry. Photos and footage of their meetings suggest a genuine camaraderie. And it's not often we see such a strong bond form across such different political backgrounds, is it? Absolutely, Michael. And it's not just about personal chemistry. Their alliance is also a strategic move. For Sunak post-Brexit, it's beneficial to have an ally within the EU. Maloney, on the other hand, can leverage this alliance to distance herself from her extremist roots. And it seems to be working. Ricardo Maggi, the president of the left-wing party Pew Europa, noted that Maloney has found a more presentable ally in Sunak compared to her other far-right friends. But this alliance has also raised eyebrows, hasn't it? Indeed, Michael. Critics argue that the alliance reflects an increasing blurring of lines between politicians from Europe's far right and more traditional conservative backgrounds. And it's not just about immigration. They're also finding common ground in areas like defense and supporting Ukraine. Now that's interesting. Maloney's support for Ukraine diverges from other European far-right figures. So in a way, this alliance is helping to break some stereotypes about the far-right. But I wonder, Abby, does this alliance signal a shift in the political landscape of Europe? It might, Michael. But it's also important to note that while these alliances can be beneficial, they can also be controversial. For instance, Sunak's presence at a right-wing political festival in Rome, organized by Maloney's party, has raised concerns among anti-fascist campaigners and more centrist members of his own party. So it's a delicate balance strap. Right, Abby. And this balance might be key in shaping the future of political discourse in Europe. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Absolutely, Michael. As the political landscape continues to evolve, these alliances and their implications will be crucial to understanding the direction in which we're headed. From the political alliances in Europe, let's now turn our attention to the other side of the Atlantic. The race for the GOP nomination for the 2024 U.S. presidential election is already heating up with some intriguing trends emerging. Abby, what's the latest on this front? Abby, let's shift gears to the political landscape for 2024. The GOP nomination is already seeing some interesting trends, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, Michael. The early numbers are showing Trump as a clear favorite. He's leading by at least 25 points in each of the first five contests. But what's even more intriguing is the solid support base he's got. Yes, it's not just the lead, but the certainty of his supporters that's noteworthy. With 70 to 80 percent of his backers in the early states stating they'll definitely vote for him, it's clear Trump's support is... It's rock solid, isn't it? And it's not just in one state. We're talking Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, and Michigan. His support has been growing steadily over recent months. Indeed. And this is where the numbers get really interesting. The average winning share in GOP primaries since 1980 
has been around 32 to 49 percent, depending on the state. And Trump's definite support is already hovering around or even exceeding those numbers. And that's not even counting the voters who support him, but aren't fully committed yet. It's clear that Trump's primary opponents have a mountain to climb. They not only need to chip away at his support, they also need to sway voters who are currently set on Trump. That's a tall order, don't you think? It certainly is. But as we've seen in politics, nothing is certain until the votes are counted. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out as we inch closer to the 2024 elections. From the domestic political scene, let's pivot to international politics. The situation in Ukraine has been taking some interesting and complex turns, particularly with President Volodymyr Zelensky's recent trip to Washington. The ongoing conflict with Russia and the involvement of U.S. politics present a challenging landscape. Let's delve into this. We're switching gears now to discuss the complex situation in Ukraine. President Volodymyr Zelensky's recent trip to Washington, amid the ongoing conflict with Russia, has put him in the middle of a contentious U.S. political dispute. Abby, what's your take on this? Well, Michael, it's a precarious position for Zelensky. He's trying to secure a $60 billion aid package from the U.S., which Ukraine says is crucial for holding back Russian forces. But the funds are being held up by a deadlock between the Biden administration and House Republicans. And it seems like Republicans are using this as an opportunity to push for stricter border policies, even those who support Ukraine. This leaves Zelensky in a challenging position, caught in the crossfire of U.S. domestic politics. Absolutely. And it's not the first time. Zelensky found himself in a similar situation during the impeachment scandal in 2019. He's been trying to navigate these turbulent waters without taking sides, which could risk alienating a crucial ally. Right. And it's not just the U.S. aid that's at stake. The European Union also failed to approve a roughly $55 billion aid package for Ukraine. It seems like Zelensky's efforts, despite his star power, are not having the desired effect. It's a difficult situation, to say the least. But it's worth noting that Zelensky has managed to stay somewhat above the fray. He's been careful not to appear too partisan, even though he's working closely with the Biden administration. And it's not just about the present, but also the future. Ukraine's existence as a state is threatened by Russia. So it's crucial for Zelensky to navigate these political waters carefully. Exactly. He's trying to secure the aid Ukraine needs while avoiding being used as a political pawn in U.S. politics. It's a fine line to walk, and it's clear that Zelensky is very aware of the stakes. And let's not forget, this isn't just about international politics. Zelensky is also facing criticism and questions over Ukraine's stalled ground counteroffensive this spring. He's under pressure from all sides, and it's clear that this is taking a toll on him. Yes, and it's not just the external pressure. There are also domestic political rivalries to contend with. Zelensky recently rejected his top general's description of the war as a stalemate, and the mayor of Kiev has accused him of authoritarianism. It's clear that the situation is incredibly complex and fraught with challenges. Absolutely. And despite all these challenges, Zelensky has shown remarkable resilience. He's learned to navigate U.S. politics, he's earned international respect, and he's remained in Kiev to face the Russian invasion. It's clear that he's committed to his country and to securing the aid Ukraine needs to survive this conflict. And that's the key point here, isn't it? 
despite the political maneuvering and the high-stakes diplomacy, at the end of the day, this is about the survival of Ukraine and its people. Zelensky is doing what he can to secure that future, but it's clear that he's facing an uphill battle. From one geopolitical hotspot to another, we now shift our focus to the Middle East. The tension along the Lebanon-Israel border is escalating, and U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is in talks with Israeli officials, advocating for a negotiated outcome. Let's delve into this situation further. Abby, let's get into the latest news from the Middle East. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has been discussing the situation along the Lebanon-Israel border with Israeli officials. He's advocating for a negotiated outcome. What's your take on this? Well, Michael, it's a complex situation. We've got Lebanon's militant Hezbollah group attacking Israeli military posts, and Israel has evacuated over 20,000 citizens from border towns so far. Sullivan's stance is clear. He won't tolerate these threats from Hezbollah. And it's not just a matter of threats. We're talking about people's lives here. Many of these evacuees have no plans to return home as long as Hezbollah fighters are deployed on the Lebanese side of the border. The U.S. is saying that we need to find a way to ensure their safety. Exactly, Michael. Sullivan's proposed negotiated outcome is meant to reassure those Israeli citizens. But he also mentions that this isn't just about diplomacy. It's about deterrence, too. Right. And let's not forget the historical context here. Israel and Hezbollah have been bitter enemies since the war in 2006. And Israel views Hezbollah as a serious immediate threat, given that the group reportedly has around 150,000 rockets and missiles aimed at Israel. That's true, Michael. And despite the deployment of thousands of UN peacekeepers and Lebanese troops along the border since that war, the situation has escalated since the Israel-Hamas war started. Hezbollah fighters have been carrying out attacks, and Israel has been responding. It's a volatile situation, to say the least. Yes, and amidst all this, Lebanon is dealing with its own internal issues. They're in the midst of a four-year historic economic crisis, and their presidential post has been vacant since October 2022 due to divisions between rival groups. The parliament has just voted on extending the term of Army Chief Janitor Joseph Aoun and Police Commander Major Janet Ahmad Osman by one year in the midst of all this turmoil. Yes, it's a precarious situation. Lebanon's legislator Wada Sadek said it was necessary to take this decision in Lebanon's interest, given the extraordinary situation. Aoun, who is backed by the U.S., can now remain at his post until January 2025. But it's clear that this is just one piece of a much larger puzzle. The question is, can diplomacy and deterrence bring about a peaceful resolution at the Lebanon-Israel border? And what role will the U.S. play in this?